Episode 17, Grand Moff Tarkin. To star, what the? F- I am your host, Jason Tagmeyer, along with Marty Cobb and our good friend Alex Strang. Is well, he's out currently overseeing the construction of his new battle station. <laughs> it's parked right next to the moon. It's really hard to miss right now. Yes, it's quite exciting. So tonight's episode, today's episode, whatever, whenever you're listening, is on the always evil Grand Moff Tarkin. Otherwise known as Governor Tarkin, also known as Wilhuff Tarkin. <laughs> that's a terrible first name. Wilhuff. That's like your middle name. It is. <laughs> it's slightly, it's just off. I would like if my middle name was Wilhuff, though. <laughs> and then I, that'd be kind of fun in its own way. Wilhuff. That is, it's almost like two names. It is. And Wilhuff actually comes, if it was his last name and Tarkin was his first name, it'd probably sound. Tarkin I, Wilhuff would make more sense, I think. I like Grand as a first name, Moff as a middle name. <laughs> and Tarkin. If it was Grand if, dot M dot Marf Tarkin. Yeah, GM Tarkin. <laughs> Good old GM Tarkin. So if you don't know who Grand Moff Tarkin is, I don't know why you listen to this podcast, but um, he is, uh, he holds Vader's leash, apparently, uh, according to Princess Leia. Yeah, he is the, I would describe him as the true villain of A New Hope. As yeah. in, like, he's the villain actually does all the stuff. Like, Darth Vader is, like, muscle in that movie, but Tarkin's the brain of yeah. that particular operation. Um, uh, you might not remember him. I could see if you didn't remember him, or you just didn't know him, because I could see that if you had seen these movies only, like, a handful of times, that you would forget this character. Yeah, I mean, so, like, we went back and watched a couple scenes before recording this, and... It's just I didn't recall some of the some of just the framing of the scenes and and like I, I love him and and like it just some of it was just kind of from out of the, out of nowhere was his 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 accent is very strange and I don't know where Peter Cushing I assume he's British I I assume so I don't but I don't he's, he he like rolls his R's in a very interesting way in some of these scenes he Absolutely. he talks talks very interesting um, so yeah so. Going back and watching them, it's it's really neat. It's it's like a different feel just when they single out just his scenes. Um, he kind of he can kind of blend in with all the uh, uh, what do they call them? The imperial, what are they? They're not troopers. They're officers. Yeah, the, the imperial so, officers. Yeah, um, all the officers kind of have scenes together, but but Tarkin, he's he's well, the, the Tarkin, the scene that we really see them with Tarkin. Other than the officers that are like controlling the ship, they're all moths. Yes, they're all they're all. It might be even Grand Moffs. I, I don't remember really. Um, yes, Grand Moff was the title given to the regional governors of oversectors. Sectors called priority sectors were locations uh, that were of special interest to uh, uh, to the emperor. Yeah, yeah. They don't really talk about Grand Moffs after the first movie. I don't think we because like the other officer that we see in Empire is Nita, isn't it? And he's a captain. Yeah. And he's just the captain of the executor. I don't know of any other Grand Moffs. Zealous is an old Republic, old Republic era Grand Moff. That doesn't even make sense. <laughs> well, maybe it does anymore. I don't know. See, the thing about Grand Moff Tarkin, 
at this exact moment is that there are two histories to the character. Um, as we have mentioned before, I believe, the Star Wars Extended Universe basically no longer exists, and it is now called The Legends. However, some recent books have come out, basically, at the, the time of this recording, there's been two. Uh, a New Dawn, which is just a prequel to uh, Re Rebels. Okay. And the novel Tarkin, which is about uh, today's subject. Um, and when does that take place? It takes the... place... If I recall, it takes place either during Rebels, the, the TV show. And it, Rebels is pre... It's pre... Uh, uh, it's between three and four. Do we know how close it is to either of them? Um... Which one it's closer to? I assume it's closer to three. I assume I believe so, but it could be it could be getting on there. Okay. I I, I to be honest. I assume it's getting a little closer because I think they actually work for the rebellion. Okay. But then again, one of the main characters is like an ex Jedi, so it could be earlier. Um, I'll I'll admit we haven't seen Rebels. Uh, I don't have Disney Channel, but I caught <laughs> a little bit of it when it was free on StarWars.com, and and it was fun. Yeah, it looks like fun. It. it I imagine that it's kind of like the, the Clone Wars cartoon. Every once in a while has a really good episode, but for the most part, it's just okay. So, um, it just fills the gaps between episode three and four, it says. So yeah, so... Maybe we get a little... There's not really a gap to fill. <laughs> I, that's the thing, because that, uh, the, the Force Unleashed said that it was going to fill that gap. It didn't. <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, that's... Uh, filling that gap is an interesting thing, because no one show should fill the gap. There is. Like, I'd like a show, a show that could just, you know, getting to the, the bare bones of it, just, you know, the growing up of Luke Skywalker. That's a massive story that could be told in a, in a series, but it doesn't fill the gap because there's thousands of other things going on during that time. Well, who knows? I think there is a, uh, there is a novel coming out about Luke. Is there? Yeah, that, that's going to be canon. Basically, the current canon novels are slowly reestablishing the, um... The uh, the extended universe, like certain parts of the extended universe, Tarkin included. But to go back to the main character himself, there are two histories. Now, I know more about the canon because I finished the book just the other day. Okay. Um, but the legend's basically nearly the same. A couple of details are no longer, or don't exist in the, the legend's part of it. But for the most part, he grew up on a planet called Iriadu. And then he joined the military. And then he quit the military and became the governor of Iriadu. Okay. And then he became friends with Palpatine. And then Palpatine was like, uh, join our evil society of three people. Um, and he was like, okay. And basically he, did, he, he kept his planet and like the area around his from falling into the becoming separatists. So is that where uh, Leia knows him as governor? Yeah. Because she calls him governor, and I don't know if anybody else calls him governor. Well, in the canon novel, in in Tarkin, they, he explains that he takes the name tar governor okay. because he, he's like a governor of a sector. He's the governor of the Outer Rim, gotcha. specifically. So he, he, he controls the outside section, the, the lawless sections of the galaxy, okay. which is why he is important. But he also oversees the Death Star. Basically, his entire career basically focuses around that Death Star. All the all the interesting, more memorable stuff. He also was in. He also had a. He was also like an admiral 
during the Clone Wars. He appears in the Clone Wars TV show. He meets Darth Vader <laughs> in those sequences. <laughs> like, um, or he meets uh, Anakin. Um, but probably the most interesting thing about Tarkin is the stuff presented in the new novel. Uh, besides a couple of stories, the, the, the Wikipedia entry for Tarkin is so long. <laughs> I, I couldn't get through it before. But so I've read this novel, so I'm going to talk about that. Um, most interesting thing about him is that uh, his upbringing, he grew up on a on, on, on Iriadu, as I said before, uh, and his family was incredibly wealthy. They've always had sort of control of the planet and some of the surrounding areas. Um, and uh, But it's like a really crazy, like, monstrous kind of a planet. Uh, everything is out to kill people, like all the monsters and stuff. Okay. So what they do is that when he turns, like, 13 or something, from that point, every summer, when he had off to school, he would go to this area called the Carrion, which was this massive, like, area of the planet that was just untamed wilderness, and he would live with his uncle, and they would just hunt for, mm. like, for, for a whole summer, and they would hunt and feast on whatever they could get. Okay. And eventually, he did this for a couple of years, and then basically had to pass a test. He had to stand in front of these on, like, a spike in the middle, or like a plateau in the middle of this place called the Carrion, and he was, this area was, like, these creatures called Veermocks, which, if you would like to look up, uh, they're really ugly. They are just some of the worst Star Wars creatures, <laughs> if I recall, um... Uh, they might have appeared in a movie. I don't remember, but. Uh, oh, wow. So that looks like, that kind of looks like the aliens from Attack the Block. Uh, they're like very almost like baboonish. Yeah. Uh, doesn't look like anything else in the Star Wars universe, I can tell you that. Yeah, they're, I do not like them. I, I think they're super ugly. I, I really wish that like they had mentioned any other creature in this book. But basically, he's on the spike, and he has to get away from these creatures, because he has to climb down and get out of the area. But there's all these crazy evil monkey things. <laughs> and um, he convinces... He does this by, like, killing their leader, and then killing the guy that would replace the leader with a spear. And then leaves. And then he becomes... He goes into the military, becomes an expert pilot, because all Star Wars characters are. <laughs> um, and... Uh, do we know a pilot that's not that good? No, nobody's introduced I mean, as a character that's like, oh, I'm a shitty pilot. There's uh, a crappy pilot. I guess the ones that died. Well, <laughs> I guess the clones and the stormtroopers are terrible. They're terrible at everything. Yeah. That's pretty much like the, the whole, during the whole book, the only interesting, the only really interesting stuff said was about his backstory and his crazy, crazy uncle. So, the, the, how how did you enjoy the book? What did you think of it? As a book, as a, as a novel, this is a character that I don't feel you needed a novel about. Yeah. Like, this was a character... He's good. He's effective in small doses. Yeah, he's an effective villain in New, A New Hope, but I didn't need to know anything else about him. Uh, and the only other real problem was, like I said, the backstory about him is interesting, but that only takes up about a quarter of the book. The rest of it is about um, 
him trying to find this ship that like pirates stole and like he's just trying to hunt them down and it's and it's trying to bring metaphors back from the backstory where it's him hunting creatures and basically his whole thing throughout this whole book is that he's a hunter and he just wants to hunt things Interesting. Which is something I never thought of when I watched the scenes. That yeah, we I don't did think today. of him as a hunter. I think of him as like he's just like a wealthy. Uh, I think of him almost as a, a brain. You know, he seems like a. He's just a smart guy. Like, like he's not physically strong. He's not a great soldier. He's just smart and calculating. Yeah, exactly. Which is, I guess, that can be a quality of a hunter, but it's not what you think of. Yeah. You know? I would, uh, like, because if I had to give him a backstory, I'd say he was a wealthy man who lived on this planet that he exploited, a whole, his family exploited a whole bunch of people. He grew up in that environment, became friends with Palpatine, became a Grand Moff, was a dick. Yeah, I find he's just, he's pure, like, I mean, the the relationship with between him and Leia is the best. Oh, absolutely. I mean, that's just, that's... that's... Yeah, the dialogue between them is the best part. She says, oh, you know, you know, I should have recognized you oh. from the, the foul stench when it's, I arrived on this station. Yeah. And, you know, you were holding Vader's leash like those are just I mean, that's all coming out of Leia's mouth, which is it's it's great. It's such, yeah. you know, such good lines. But I have a a, a top 10 or a, a quotes of, of Tarkin and I'm not going to read all 10, but I want to read a couple that are really interesting. Are, are they even like good quotes i i can't think of a quote from that movie i didn't know he had 10 quotes but i i because the only quote i always think of is fire when ready and he fires when ready yes (laughs) so um these ones uh okay so these quotes um i think it's time we demonstrated the full power of this station set course for alderaan that was kind of that was big and important yeah um but if i was to make a quote about the Death Star, I would probably make the one from Emperor in Jedi, where it'd be like, this is the fully armed and operational oh, yeah. battle station. Uh, see, Lord Vader, she can be reasonable. Continue with the operation. You may fire when ready. This bickering is pointless. Lord Vader will provide us with the location of the Rebel Fortress by the time the station is operational. We will then crush the Rebellion in one swift stroke. So those are cool, but then you get down to charming to the last. You don't know how hard I found it signing the order to terminate your life. Like, that is so perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, you're far too trusting. Dantine is too remote to make an effective demonstration, but don't worry. We'll deal with your rebel friends soon enough. Like he is right to the point. Pure evil. Well, that's the thing is that he's just, he's evil. Like he's a, I wouldn't hate, I would hate to describe him as one note, but he's like evil. He just says bad things and he's like, I'm going to kill you all. Princess like, Leia, before your execution, like, let me just preface my sentence with, before your execution, yeah. you will join me in the ceremony that will make this battle station operational. No star system will dare oppose the Emperor now. The Jedi, I don't remember this one, but I love this. The Jedi are extinct. The fire has gone out of the universe. Their fire has gone out of the universe. Like, that's such a good line. Their fire has gone out of the universe. And then the the number one, which is the same one you'll find on YouTube for most of everything, like evacuate in our moment of triumph. I think you overestimate their chances. Yeah, he he lost that one. Yeah, I think that's the thing though is that like, Grandma Tarkin dies at the end of the book, at the end of the the movie. Yeah. So throughout the whole book, I was like, yeah, this guy died. <laughs> like he's just a guy that he has like a total of what fifteen minutes of screen time maybe. Yeah, probably. <laughs> So my favorite thing about Grand Moff Tarkin is one of my favorite scenes in the entire trilogy, or what do they call all six? Saga. There we go. The Star I'm Wars thinking, saga. Yeah, the entire saga 
um, is the scene at the very end of Revenge of the Sith when uh, it's on the bridge of whatever Star Destroyer. I, I assume it's either the Executor or some other Star Destroyer. Which Star I call it the Executor, and I was corrected that it's the Executor, which is like, of course it's the Executor. But that word in most English language is executor. Um, is it the executor? I, I always called it the executor. Well, like, sounds better to me. Executor is, you know, I'm the executor of a will and an estate yeah. and everything. And I, that's I, how the word is usually said. But executor is, I'm going to kill you. Yeah. <laughs> and it makes a lot more sense. Oh, so, man. I've never thought I don't of that. think it's been spoken on, on film. It may have been spoken Yeah, maybe that's why else. I always think of it as the executor. Yeah, I mean, that's just how that word usually is spoken. But anyway, so they're on there. Um, who is it? It's uh, it's Palpatine and it's all it's, it's Vader, Palpatine, Vader, right? and Grandma. And then you Tarkin. see a young Grandma Tarkin just slightly turn. No words are spoken. It's the most subtle reference in any Star Wars film because, and this was in the hands of George Lucas, where it usually would be like he'd be wearing a sign that says, "I'm Grandma Tarkin. Remember me, uh, my foul stench, and no, can you smell he... me now?" Because he kind of saved that stuff. Well, he didn't say that. The, the The writers of the Clone Wars TV show saved that stuff for the TV show appearances that he has. Okay. For the most part. He's okay in the shows. In fact, if I recall, the sequences where it's Anakin Skywalker talking to Grand Moff Tarkin uh-huh. are really good in those. Because it's just like, basically, Grand Moff Tarkin is saying like evil things where he's like, you know, we should have just killed them all or just nuked the planet or whatever. And he's like, no, we shouldn't have done that. But then... Anakin slowly starts to realize that, that he agrees with it, with what he's saying. And it's just interesting more from Anakin's perspective than Tarkin's. And then he also appears to have, he also appears in that show as being uh, the one who charges Ahsoka at the end of the series with uh, murder. I'm not get, surprised. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that's basically to save the character so that she can live into the future or something. <laughs> maybe, maybe Ahsoka will appear in the new movie. <laughs> that'll piss everyone off <laughs> that probably would I, so i really doubt that would happen no, thank God. um so the the grand moff tarkin from episode three revenge of the sith uh is a different actor obviously yep because peter cushing died in 1994 and, uh, unfortunately and the person who plays him in the new one do you know his name uh, it is something, something, McSomething. I, uh, it's, uh... <laughs> <laughs> You're totally making that up. Well, yeah, something, obviously. Something, McSomething. Uh, Wayne Pygram. Uh, Pigram, Pygram, something along those lines. And it's subtle in the film. Like, you don't really see it. But when you see the production images of this, like, they put on so much uh, prosthetic face to give him these high cheekbones that are like three times as high as Graham Off Tarkin's uh, in in then Peter Cushing's yeah. actual and it's song. interesting because I would think that your face would would sink in a little bit more as you got older instead of as you were younger. He looks way older. It's so bizarre. It looks so it looks so fake in in the in the like production image, um, but in the film it really works. And I think it's because it just doesn't appear for that long. Because it goes to the shot, you see his face, and then it shows the back of them looking at the Death Star. I think they had to do all that to make it obvious who he was. Oh, obviously. You know, like, they had to really exaggerate the features, because otherwise you would have been like, who's that guy? Yeah, exactly. Uh, but that's one of my favorite scenes in that film. It just it, it sets the tone of just like, you know, obviously it has to be in order. If you watch that before you watch episode four, it's not my favorite scene in any way. But the fact that it came after uh, just just hit the right nerve. 
Yeah. I, it's a great... It, it's... If it wasn't because it followed the infamous <laughs> Darth Vader screaming sequence, it would be a far better sequence. I mean, that movie. sequence is... It's such a shame about that sequence because it takes you out of the film. Like, I'm watching this film, and I like that film a lot. There's a couple things I don't like about it, but I, I like that film a lot. I love the dark nature of it, and it just... You know, it's not the best way to get to episode four, but uh, I do. I like it a lot. Once Darth Vader's screaming no, I'm in another world. It's taken me out of this this two hours of, you know, of, uh... of deep Star Wars, you know lore and it puts me into just the internet you know like that's where i feel like i'm at like i'm on reddit now laughing at a a gif of it oh absolutely a gif of it oh it's always funny you know the thing is though is that this actually brings me uh if i may go off on something weird um so when i read tarkin or well i listened to it, it was an audiobook um there are sequences where uh part of the book is spent talking about um, Grand Moff Tarkin and Darth Vader's relationship. And basically, the whole plot is basically, this is them getting to know each other. Okay. Or at least better than they did before. And every once in a while, they'll make a reference to the Clone Wars TV show, or they'll make a reference to the original prequel films. And it dawned on me, as I did this, where Darth Vader makes a mention to something that happened to him in the Clone Wars, that that was the moment when I realized that I do not consider... In my mind, subconsciously, Darth Vader and Anakin Skywalker to be the same character. What did he say? He said something about, like, something specific, like he was, like, talking about Ahsoka. Something like the trial of Ahsoka, which is a big thing that they keep mentioning for some reason. Yeah. I think it's because they have nothing else to reference. (laughs) That is interesting, because I don't... You're saying you don't... I don't. In, In my head, they are not the same character. Like... Like, I know you don't that, want them to be, or you just it doesn't feel like they are. I I, I think it's both. Like it, there's a part of me that says this is not Anakin Skywalker does not feel like Darth Vader. That's interesting. It, it, like it just doesn't in my mind click as well as it should. Like I know that what happens happens. Yeah. And I understand that it's the same character. So are you denying Luke? I am your father. I will not deny that. I'm saying that in the sense that. <laughs> or are you just denying the prequels? I'm not denying the prequels either. It's more of the fact that like. These two things just don't go together in my head. I think it's because I associate Luke, Anakin Skywalker as being really whiny and associate Darth Vader as being really dark. Assertive. Assertive. He's, he's, he's a, a complete very, opposite. Yeah. He's a different personality. But maybe that, we, maybe yeah. his the maiming <laughs> yeah. uh, brought that out in him. You know, I, that I'm might sure. change your... Uh... I mean, that's the thing, though, is that we never see that transformation, and I think that's the problem in my head. I, I agree with that to a degree. Um, episode 3, not that it ends too early, but it just ends and he's Vader, and you're just... That's it. He's Vader, and we're done. I would love to have seen half of the film being Vader. Yeah. You know, like, if I this think... ha- you know, if you got rid of... I'm trying Even to think of what if... we could have got rid of from the beginning of the film. Well, is... well I would have removed that whole front sequence... Like, and had Count Dooku be the villain throughout the whole thing. Yeah. And remove Grievous together, all together, um, would have been my strategy for doing it. I wouldn't have made Darth Vader him actually, like, in the suit until, like, probably three quarters of the way into the film. But halfway through the movie, that would have been the point where he says, you are Darth Vader, and then Anakin starts acting like Darth Vader, even if he's without the suit. 
I think that would have helped a lot. Like, because he kills all those kids, but you still kind of picture him as being that whiny kid that's trying to save his wife. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know. That was just a weird thing that I noticed as the movie. I was like, this doesn't I mean, it's just click. a perfect, like... Like, everybody wants to see him as Darth Vader. <laughs> yeah. Well, to be honest, yeah, I would have saved that movie if halfway through the movie he was like, I just got burned. Like, he gets burned in and an he accident. Just, he just goes nuts. You and, know? like, I, that would have been the point where I would have done it. But then again, I I could think of so much stuff I would have done in the prequel trilogy. He's different, of course. But... Yeah. I mean, of uh, course. It's just a weird thought that occurred in my head. Like, like... I think it also helps that in the in the audiobook, Darth Vader sounds like Darth Vader. They got a guy that does a really good impression, and they put the, the filter over. So when he brings up a character that I don't normally associate with Darth Vader, I think it's also that, really, some people can't do it, but I, I really do think of the prequel trilogies as being very separate from the original trilogy. Yeah. Because I think it's like 20 years past between them. I... It, it's just not enough. I mean, they don't look the same. Yeah. You know, they... Uh, they don't feel the same. They're they don't, very different movies. They're way more political, yeah. you know, and not just in story, but in just... It's, Which, like, drenched in it. But, and uh, the other thing about Tarkin that I also noticed a lot of is that there was a couple of things. One, that Tarkin, being the first extended universe novel that isn't about the TV show that TV show, it tries to reestablish almost immediately things that were in the extended universe. Oh, like there are segments like, uh, in the extended universe, we want this back. Let's get exactly in the extended universe. They explained almost as soon as attack of the clones came out that the clone, that the stormtroopers in the original series are not clones. Okay. They're just normal people. Uh, they have to explain this because all the stormtroopers were named. Yeah, uh, like because I, I know that the there's the one guy who picks up the uh, who who says, "Look, sir, droids." He has a he has a name like Devin something or something along those lines. Yeah, I feel sad for not knowing that. I feel sad that you know that. I know that he has a name. <laughs> um, but like, they they establish that they're not clones. They establish um, little things. It's all the little things that the clo- that the extended universe has that they didn't bring up in the main series. So, um, with, uh, I forgot what I was say. That's also to help you racists out there that were complaining about the black stormtrooper. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. So, like, uh, that, that may be in, <laughs> like, in so, setting up for the next film. Exactly. Like, cause I was like, that's important. Also, because, you know, in 30 years, they still make clones of Django Fett for some reason. Anything else about Tarkin? I got some little things. Uh, Peter Cushing has a great quote. Um... My criterion for accepting a role isn't based on what I would like to do. I tried to consider what the audience would like to see me do, and I thought kids would like Star Wars. Yeah, p- kids like you assassinating, uh, you know, destroying an entire planet. <laughs> hey, at least it wasn't Dooku. Just, it wasn't, you know what? Our main character, who we were supposed to like up until a certain point in, assass- in Attack of um, Revenge of the Sith, kills a bunch of children near the end. That's, that's absolutely true. <laughs> and uh, then they made a... A show in the Clone Wars cartoon, and he was heavily in it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They're like, oh, he's the main character. You're supposed to like him, or whatever. Uh, Peter Cushing himself seems like a really interesting guy. Yeah, I mean, he's very old school. He's old very... school film. Like, I'm looking at his his like old school sci fi and horror. You know, Brides of Dracula, The Curse of Frankenstein, Dracula. Yeah, he was he was Victor Frankenstein in seven Frankenstein movies. Yeah, I mean, this is like, you're going back to, like, 
like the the greats like Bela Lugosi, Boris Karloff. Well, like, he was like during the fifties, sixties, and seventies. He was the Hammer Studios horror films, which was the British equivalent of the nineteen thirties like exactly. Universal ones. Yep. they're all great because Christopher Lee comes from that as well. He played Dracula from okay. Beyond the Grave, Creeping Flesh. This beast must the beast must die. Captain Clegg. I mean. It never ends. And if Alex was here, this is a shame that Alex isn't here because he could probably tell us about every one of these movies for naming. Um, oh, it's true. They're right up his alley. Uh, Star Wars wise, uh, he was originally asked to play Obi Wan Kenobi, which I think could have worked actually. Yeah, I could have seen that. I mean, I don't think it would have been great. I think Alec Guinness works fine, but I think for somebody with more lines, Alec Guinness delivers those lines well. Because watching back these lines, he is such a. He's such a weird. He like, rolls his R's. It's yeah, really it's weird. So I've weird. never like I never noticed that until we watched this stuff. Uh, but most of you nerds out there that would care about this information might also know that, or might not know, or might know. I don't know that Peter Cushing once actually played the Doctor from Doctor Who. I know you're not a Doctor Who fan, but <laughs> <laughs> I am not one of those nerds. Uh, uh, but crucify me now, but I've yeah. never seen. I'll just put it out right here. I've never seen anything Doctor Who except for a whole bunch of fans gushing at conventions, and uh, it's been so much that I feel like I'm so far out of the loop that I just I hate everything about it. Yeah. But he was in a movie called Doctor Who and the Daleks, which is like a separate thing. You can go and watch it without ever seeing anything else Doctor Who, and you still kind of leave with the experience okay. He was also in like a sequel, I think. Um, to be honest, I, I wish I, I need to see because that sounds interesting, because it's really hard for me to picture him as a good guy. <laughs> like he yeah. plays Frankenstein. Like he plays and like he plays a good guy. He plays Dr. Van Helsing apparently. Um apparently he was friends with Christopher Lee. I'm curious cool. if that's the reason why Christopher Lee is in the other Star Wars films. If that he just needed the money. Yeah, I mean that's interesting. I I mean it's really weird thinking about it though cuz Christopher Lee's uh they have a really good way of high they have apparently great way of hiring these B-movie actors cuz Christopher Lee and Peter Cushing are you know, the Hammer Horror guys, they were, yeah. that's B-movies. They, they hire them and they put them in these great roles, you kind of realize. But I, I can't say Do- Dooku's a great role, but it, it's it's elevated solely because of performance. Yeah, I mean, he does Dooku well, you know. If it, and, uh, It's like Qui-Gon Jinn is elevated only because uh, he was played by... That's an uh, interesting thought. It's if, you know, because there are some of the very few Star Wars actors that had names. You know, Alec Guinness... Uh, Liam Neeson, uh, uh, Ewan McGregor. Um, what if Count Dooku wasn't Christopher Lee, and it was just some other guy, some guy, some unknown, and it feels like the part that needed to be Christopher Lee. Like it feels like the ones that they went out and got a, with the exception of young Obi Wan, the rest of them feel like a part that that warranted a a, a name. Yeah, um, young Obi Wan could have been anybody. Uh, I I like Ewan McGregor as him, you know, quite a bit. I I yeah, because if, if there was any casting that I would have not changed at all, it would have been Ewan McGregor. Yeah, and it, but it's the one that shocked me almost the most because it's it's a pivotal role and it was a name. Yeah, which was a little different than we've seen for almost everything else. That's true. Well, that's these kind of movies have the habit of of uh, you know introducing new people. Mark Hamill and Han Solo and. Well, not until uh, Harrison, uh, Harrison Ford Harrison was in Ford. Uh, American Graffiti just before it, but he wasn't, you know. Yeah, he wasn't Harrison a name. Ford. We know he wasn't Indiana Jones. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't until after that that it became Indiana Jones and what Air Force One and uh, Decker from Blade Runner. You know, all the all the roles that he had were after. 
um, big roles afterwards were. But it's interesting about the new film is we almost know almost nobody. Yeah. You know, John Boyega, we know one film, Back to Block. Uh, girls, Adam, Adam Driver's from Girls, and, and he's been actually in a couple other things. But that's it. Like, Daisy Ridley, nobody knows anything. Well, that's that's the beauty of it, is that you hire cheap people, and then you make them the stars. Because that's what they did with the Marvel movies. I mean, with some... Like, because the guy with, from Thor got famous after Thor. Yeah. The, like, I mean, like, Robert Downey Jr. is not wasn't cheap at the time, I'm sure. Because that would have been right after he came down from all. So here's his, a his total, you know, has nothing to do with anything. How much do you think Sean William Scott was paid to play Stifler in American Pie? Wow. Um... That's a weird. Is that? I guess that's related somewhat. I would. Oh, well, we're just talking about money. I would probably guess like a. If I'm, I'm assuming it's gonna be really cheap, I'm gonna say a thousand dollars. It was five thousand. Wow. Which is just, and I think, and I think what I read was that he made millions on the back end, after it came out. But his his you know his payment for it was five thousand dollars. Which is weird, cause like I I I mean. Yeah, I, that's like. <laughs> that's I mean, probably like thought. a month's work, you know, in a film, maybe yeah. three weeks or whatever. That's. You know that's interesting. It's it's because I I because you would have given like nowadays if Sean William Scott's in a movie, I show he gets paid a lot more. He's in my favorite movie, one of my favorites, he, Southland Tales. <laughs> he plays two people. He's he's Jesus, isn't he? Turns <laughs> he he touches himself and then he explodes or Spoilers. something. Spoilers, like oh, anybody uh, cares. Yeah, like anybody will care about the ending <laughs> of Southland Tales. <laughs> I do. I, yeah, because it's in an ice cream truck. It's almost New Year's, and I need to watch it. Is that a New Year's tradition for you? Well, it takes place on New Year's. One year, I had a screening of oh, the film. I, oh, God. <laughs> and I timed it so it would end, you know, with the New Year's celebrations on the film. My my, This was my big screening. And uh, two people came, and one <laughs> left about 20 minutes into it. <laughs> so. Well. Yeah. At least it was fun, I'm sure. We need to do a Southland Tales podcast. I will do a Southland Tales podcast, but only if you find that comic book. <laughs> okay, good luck. Um, all right. Well, um, you know, it turns out I don't have a lot to say about Will Hoff Tarkin. Will Hoff Tarkin. Will Hoff. Grand Moff Will Hoff Tarkin. I mean, weird... did it have to rhyme? Like, I, like... uh, yeah, I think that's. I think that's. Was the name made for the book, or was it? Did it come out before that? Do you know? It came out before that, but it basically reestablished The book does reestablish him because it's not it never said in uh, in the book. It's never said in the movie. Yeah, it's definitely never said in the movie. <laughs> but it's it's said in the book. So basically, in the canon universe, it had to reestablish that his name was Will Huff, technically. So uh, not that it matters. <laughs> so in closing, Ma- Graham Huff Tarkin, Governor Tarkin, Will Huff Tarkin. He's sort of a one-note interesting guy. Does he stink? Well, yeah, you can smell from that battle station. That's like a small moon. <laughs> I don't think he stinks. I think he, he, he definitely is part of what makes <laughs> episode four, uh, A New Hope, uh, special. Yeah. Um, he's also part of what makes New Hope look old, which yeah. was one of the things we noticed just before we recorded. Uh, it definitely, you know, not so much him, but the other uh, Imperial officers have those 70s hairstyles and stuff oh, that it's really pretty, it's dates very, the film. Yeah. It does date the film a little bit when you look at them. Which means, you know, we're three years out from it being 40 years old. Oh my God, it's so crazy. It is. Uh, but I guess since we're talking about this, Tarkin himself, and we're gonna, we've been talking about the book Tarkin, um, Tar- Will Huff was not the only character that was given a first name in that movie, in that book. Uh, the big thing that they tried to sell this book with, for some reason, was that Emperor Palpatine was named in this book. He, gave, he was given a first name. 
And I was show I found out his first name from the the wonderful Mr. Plinkett uh, trailer reaction. Trailer that's what review. I found. Admittedly, that's when I found out about it because I I didn't look this stuff up. It <laughs> is. Uh, go ahead and reveal the name. His name is Sheev. Sheev. <laughs> As he says in in that trailer reaction, but um, his name is Sheev. S H E E V. So you are writing a story about a Star Wars character. Yep. And you have the liberty to do make up something special. Yep. What do you do? Do you give them an, a name, or do you reveal something about their their history or whatever? Like naming them is it seems like kind of like the thing, like Wait. somebody who doesn't have a first name putting that first name in the book. Like, how do you make your mark? And I'll give you a character, um, Lando Calrissian. How do you make your mark on Lando in his novel? Um, if I was writing a novel specifically about that character, like, like Tarkin is. Yeah. Um, oh boy. Well, I, it, you're writing a novel about somebody else you're revealing. Well, that's, about that's the thing is that you're Lando. talking about Tarkin with the most interesting fact that you want to show people <laughs> is the fact that Palpatine now has a first name. Yes. Uh, so in the in book Lando about, in, um, <laughs> Han Solo, what do you reveal about Lando? That, uh... I would have given him a title beforehand. Like, I would have given him, like, instead of him being, like, the president of Bespin City or something like that, it would have been, like, I don't know, like, Chancellor. I would have, Maybe not Chancellor. I, some weird name. Or I would give him a really interesting background or a really interesting story about how him and Han met. I, I, I would have tried to do something more story-related. I would have... One of two things. One, I may have given him no mustache and a beard. <laughs> <laughs> for that one period in his life. For, yeah, he just, you know... And the other one would be maybe, you know, where he got his cape from. Oh, yeah. You know, that, that's like the... That. Be, be like, that, that's true. You could make it about how he got his loose shirt or something. So there's uh, some info on Tarkin, a little tangent on Revenge of the Sith. Um, a couple other things. Well, we did we didn't comment. What do you think of the name Sheev? Oh, Sheev. Yeah. What do you think of Sheev? I, I I think it's kind of pointless, but um, this is like, 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 Pal- Senator Palpatine's name, right? This is going back. You know, it's not just when he became the emperor. This was yeah. his name. This is his name. His birth name. Well, his name is Sheev Palpatine. That's the name of the character. It doesn't really actually. Think about I'm curious. It, like Sheev means like if that's his like Sith name, cool. That makes sense. But it, his, his Sith name is Darth Sidious. That's true. But um, Sheev Palpatine is the Supreme Chancellor. The guy. That's yeah. the thing is that he I always look picture... like a Sheev to me. He looks like a. I don't know. Like a. I, I can't get past Ian. Like Ian McDermott. Well, that's the thing <laughs> he is that looks like an Ian. If I had to be honest. I always, like, it doesn't really make any difference to me because I never really pictured Palpatine being his real identity. He's I always, always the... He's, know, his the name Sidious. is Darth Sidious, and he his his real name is long lost to history because he adopted the name Darth Sidious, and then he put on a bunch of fake personalities. Yeah. Like, I mean, I guess I haven't read um, the story that, that introduces his origins, Darth Plagueis. Yeah. The Darth Plagueis book, which is also written by the guy that wrote Tarkin. So in Tarkin, a bunch of random notes about references to the Plagueis book, which he got famous for, uh-huh. are thrown in. And it's really awkward. I'm like, yeah, this guy wrote Plagueis. 
Which I heard is really good, but I can't get over the fact that Darth Plagueis is one of the worst alien species ever introduced into Star Wars. Is he really? Yes, I would describe him as the worst. Um, he, Worse than those baboons? No, the ba- sentient species. Okay. Um, he is a... He has a name. I, I can't remember. I, I know that I saw a picture of him the other day. I can't... Oh, I'm in the canon section. That's why. <laughs> uh, in the legends, he is given a species. He is... A moon... Or a mun. Oh. Yeah. I look at that and like, there's a, the, the one that always, I always think of, there's a character in Attack of the Clones that's one of these guys and he's so terrible looking. Like as a CG character that I hate everything about the species because of it. Wow. And I like, he is just awful. Especially this picture of Plagueis. <laughs> but like, I just assumed that Chief Palpatine was his fake name because why would he use his real name to become Supreme Chancellor? Yeah, you're going to reveal the name of somebody who has a whole bunch of identities yeah, he, about seven other names. Because Cytodeus was his other identity that never came to be. <laughs> wow. I don't know. All right, so, cool. All right, Tarkin, Tarkin. You cool. Do you have any final questions for Tarkin like we normally do? No, I, I you know, I like how he rolls his R's now. That's my new, <laughs> my, this is what I learned about Tarkin today. One, he rolls his R's. Two, his name is Wilfred or Wilhelm. Will Huff. Will Huff. And just a couple of those quotes. It was, you know, it's yeah. neat. Go back and watch your, your Tarkin uh, clips. Well, yeah. Well, you may end when ready. <laughs> and... <laughs> Hello, and welcome to the Star What the F*** Game Show. I'm your host, Marty Cobb, and with me today is my contestant, whose name is... Torque Winger. Torque Winger. I am known for my mustache. You have a great Tom Selleck-y mustache. I am a human imperial governor of Garrus IV. That's great. So that you have a, you have a position of power? I do. That's great. Uh, I, I was a respected local politician who tried to find a middle ground between the Imperials and the locals. Well, that's fantastic. Yeah. Now I also you... have like a bolo tie thing. <laughs> it's like a double polo, bolo tie. That's really <laughs> weird. All right. So do you know the game? Uh, I do. Well, I'm going to tell it anyway. We're going to give I'm going to give you a random na- article name of a random Wikipedia article that I have just looked up. And I'm going to give you the name and you have to guess it. You got what it. it. That's what it is. And you know what today's word is? The word today is gonster. <laughs> the gonster. word is gonster. G-O-N-S-T-R. Oh, there's no E-R. Gonster. Oh, it is E-R. It, it, oh. G-O-N-S-T-E-R. I'm sorry. Gonster. Gonster. All right. Um, I got to go with the gut. And the gut is telling me that the Gonster is a terrible name for some sort of monster that maybe Frank Oz had a little bit to do with, a Gonzo monster. Um, you know, maybe the Muppet team was, was involved with this. Maybe pre-Empire Strikes Back, we're thinking about, you know, maybe we could put the Wampa in the snow cave, or maybe we could put the Gonster in the snow cave. <laughs> So, I'm going to say, it's a snow enemy, snow beast, but with a, with a 
you know, a little horned, uh, you know, curved nose, uh, Muppet style, Gonzo style. I guess you're not far off with the <laughs> fact that it's a monster. Well, it had to be a monster, <laughs> but, for sure. Gonster was a member of a, hum- a sapient humanoid species. It is a name um, of a specific one. Of a sapient humanoid species with a large pointed ears and two heads with wide mouths. He lived in the twin hills of the forest moon of Endor with his pet Husha. The two-headed Gonster used dried wank's hide. <laughs> I don't know what that is. <laughs> wanks? Wanks. <laughs> or wank apostrophe S. So it's wank's yeah. hide. Um, in the creation of the magic cap. A magical hat that was used to trap the Raish... In the form of a harmless tree. <laughs> to let you know, this is what he looks like. Wow. He appears in one episode of, of the Star- Ewoks cartoon. Of the Ewoks cartoon. He definitely looks like he appeared <laughs> in the Ewoks cartoon. I, well, to give you his nose on the one side is a little Gonzo-ish. It does. It might even be named after that. But I, I have to know. I want to know what his pet Husha looks like. You can only imagine. It's probably a little white fur ball. Well, this is Wank. He's an Ewok. No, wait, no. No, the Ewok Tebow holds a vial of dried wank's eyes. <laughs> a wank is a creature on on Endor. There's no picture. He just has one. He made a hat out of its hide. This is what, oh my god. Wow, that is straight out of, like, D&D 2.0. You would never have that as a pet. It, okay, so to describe it, Husha. Husha is the pet of Gonster. It's like a shrimp with a helmet on, and it's got, like, two tendrils coming out of that underneath the helmet. Shooting, like, like force electri- electricity. <laughs> that is the stupidest thing I've seen all day. And I've uh. seen Gonster. <laughs> oh, uh, but he used, to tra- he, used to, he used it to trap the Raish, which I'm also going to tell you what that is, because I feel like it. <laughs> um... The race was. You are on the Wikipedia. Uh, what do they call it? <laughs> when you go down the Wikipedia. Uh, the, Ewa, the, uh, the the ending, the never-ending spiral. Yeah, exactly. That's a good question, though. You ever hear of the um, with Wik- Wikipedia? Everything always leads back to philo- philosophy. Does it? Yeah. If you keep clicking on the first word of a Wikipedia article that you can click on, every time you do it, it'll eventually lead you back to philosophy because. Eventually, it'll always lead to that. So, what does uh, does it always lead you to like midichlorians? It might lead you something awful. <laughs> but this is about a tree. This was like a living carnivorous beast that was in trees the or something. Rach. The Rach. It's like a monster. It's this very generic. Ewoks cartoon. We gotta watch it. Yeah, I think we should watch an episode every week <laughs> and, and discuss it in like ten minutes. Yeah, that sounds like a plan. All right. Good night, everybody. <laughs> was brought to you by Grandma Tarkin's HR department. You may fire when ready.